0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. John 8, let's look at verse 12. This is the scripture that the whole series is built on. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This series for the month of August, in preparations for school to begin, in preparations for the normal schedule of our Fort Worth, Burleson, surrounding areas for our normal schedule to kind of get back into the flow. I'm taking this month to kind of teach you and to equip you and to hopefully encourage you to light up the darkness. The whole purpose of this series is to get you ready for conversations that you're going to have over the next several weeks of people asking questions about your faith, people asking questions about your, where do you find that confidence and that joy, and possibly even questions about your church, and I'm doing my best to get you ready So we're going to light up the darkness. And today, my subtopic that we're going to look at in Scripture is everyone needs a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. Can I get an amen? So while you're turning to Acts chapter 17, let me set things up into Acts 17. You know, I saw a... Uh, something was being passed around on the internet Three weeks ago now It came across my uh, phone and, and somebody shared it And it was a, it was a kind of a bone chilling Caption of a, of a guy wearing a t-shirt And the t-shirt had had a saying on it That just, whoo, it got me man And because the t-shirt, it read In the beginning, man created God And it just, whoa, that's different And I started thinking on this and you know, the truth is that could be correct if it was a lower G, gods, because throughout time we've done a pretty good job and I say it with a little sarcasm at creating idols, little G, gods. Man has always been successful at finding something to put in first place, other than Jehovah God, whether it be uh, putting putting a hobby, or whether it be putting a special interest, or maybe even a career path, there's been even those that have been guilty of placing their own family ahead of God. And when you hear the word idolatry, it's probably real easy. You and I probably would agree that we think we think maybe uh, carved. Images, or we think maybe uh, metals that have been shapen to represent a god, or maybe, maybe you're familiar with idolatry as in worshiping the sun or mother nature or earth, etc. But idolatry is not always something that's been shapen, idolatry is anything that you have placed in the rightful position of first. The Bible tells us that he is jealous of his position. He's a jealous God. And it's not so much like a jealousy that you feel in junior high or high school. It's a jealousy that's at a whole nother level. He is the creator of your life. And he he gets a desire just as you get to have a desire. His desire is he wants to be the Lord of your life. But yet we stumble at times and we put things in that position. And I'm going to be harsh with you and tell you it's idolatry and it's nothing new. Acts chapter 17, Paul and Silas are making their way through Athens. And the Bible says in in verse number 16 that while Paul was waiting for them... In Athens, he saw with his own eyes all of the idols around in that area, in that region. And one translation said he was stirred. Another translation said he was troubled. And one looser translation said that he was brokenhearted over the fact that there was so much idolatry in the area. And it it troubled him. But this shouldn't shock us because we today, we have our own idolatry issues that we're working through even in our American culture. Let me share a few of them with you. And I share these not not to take any shots at any of us. I share them with us to open up our eyes to the fact of how easy it is to to even if it's without intention to to slide in something of importance of more importance than even God one of which is the first idol in history and that's the idol worship of self everyone say this out loud say i love me some me It wasn't the original wide receiver for the Cowboys, Terrell Owens, that said that. It was way before T.O., but T.O. made it famous with his T-shirt when he was in the driveway doing his incredible crunches. T.O. said, I love me some me. Well, NFL stands for not for long. (laughs) So T.O.'s in the history books. But yet, this is something that all of us deal with. We love us some me. And if you're not careful, you could actually make this incredible, uh, harmful, detrimental mistake to your, to your spiritual well-being, which will roll over into your emotional health and, and to, your, to your physical health even when you start putting you before even God. Well, it's my wants. It's, 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 it's all about me. No, it's not all about you. God created you. God breathed his life into you. You didn't, you didn't create him. You didn't give life to God. God gave life to you. And before you know it, you'll start reading your own press, believing the, the good, and can we even go there? You'll start believing the bad. And you'll start putting so much spotlight on that which is not good about you. That's even idolatry. You'll start honing in and zooming in and really focusing in on all the stuff that's wrong about you. And that's not of God either. So you can't get too puffed up thinking that you're all that. Nor can you allow yourself to get so focused on your frailty of humanity that you, that, that you fail to focus on his strength. Can I get an amen on that? Now let's let's go there some in the room is going to get a little uneasy and, and and that's okay that's that's part of reasoning with one one another just as paul did but there's also the idolatry of sexuality in our culture where, where meaning that that everything about my existence of of sexuality it revolves around me around my desires around my wants around my feelings it, it, it's it's all about how I, but my desires dictate the truth in my life, and and there's even this attitude of and who are you to tell me what God thinks about my sexuality? And I just wanna just wanna make it plain today that you can get so caught up and hung up in the weeds of sexuality that you're you're you, you don't even recall the fact that God knew you before you ever were existence. And he had a plan for your life. And I can tell you right now, you can go, you can take it to the bank. You can trust God's plan for your life. He has a plan for you. And, and, and I know what some would like to say, and I'm not here to argue nor debate. And good luck if you'll ever catch me in one of those because I just don't, I'm not called to that. What I'm called to is shining light in darkness. And I know what some would like to bring up is your DNA and, 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 and your personality and, and how you were created. But the Bible, you can't get away from the fact that the Bible says that you and I, we all must be born again. And ladies and gentlemen in the room, part of idolatry is, 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 is not finding your new birth In the only one that gives life, idolatry is finding your new birth in what you can create in your own mind, which is another form of idolatry, the idol of imagination, which basically says, if I can think it, if I can have it, if I can get it, it, it's almost a cousin to materialism. If I can, if I've got enough money for it, if I can, if I can, if I can just possess it, then all my needs will be met. And, and we, we spend this, this time on earth with our imagination running wild. And that's also likened, if you'll take that root word, it's also likened to the image. It's all about our image. And it's, it's idol worship, man. Is everybody okay? Are y'all feeling the cold air? Y'all weren't here at 8.30. You don't understand why I'm so excited. I'm about to have a Pentecostal fit about this air. In 8.30, I lost three pounds. It was so hot. Thank the Lord for encore. Idol worship. Paul was troubled by it. And Paul said, I've got to reason. And here's the, here's the root of the subtopic today that everyone needs a savior. Because Paul then goes, the Bible says, to the Jews, the God-fearing Gentiles, and everyone within, in distance of hearing, even the philosophers of the day, he went and reasoned with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul lived out of last Sunday's message. Paul lived from these three things. He lived out of faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. He lived out of joy. Everybody say joy. And he lived out of confidence. Somebody say confidence. Paul knew everyone in Athens needs a, a savior. And I've got faith that Jesus can reach every one of them. And I'm going to reach them because I'm happy about Jesus. And I've got confidence that that we're going to see some come to know him in the power of his resurrection. So Paul began to reach everyone. Now there's two things that I want to drill home today. If there's anything you walk out of here... Uh, And for a lot of our students, this is your last week of freedom before school starts. And it's the last week of bondage for our parents. (laughs) So before we shift gears and we head straight into the schools and we head straight back into our normal schedules. If there's two things you can remember from this sermon, it's these. With Paul living out of faith, joy, and confidence, he mastered these two things that you and I need to master if we're ever going to light up the darkness. Number one, he connected. Number two, he explained. If you have a coworker, if you have... A, a friend in the band if you have a, a friend on the ball team if you have a, a friend two lockers down that you guys like to hang out and, 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 and have friendship with if you have, if you have a family member that is living in darkness in other words they're living in, in their moral depravity they're living in a spiritual place that's not healthy their mind is troubled their life is, is, is in, in wreck if you're going to light up their world then you're going to have to connect with them The problem with a lot of Christians, and I've made the same mistake, I'm not pointing fingers, I've made the mistake, we make the mistake of trying to correct before we connect. If you're going to be sent forth out of this service today with a mission to light up the dark places of your community, trust me, it's not going to happen because you're the chief corrector. You're going to make a difference because you're known as one of the coolest connectors. Everybody has somebody in their life that they think that their calling is to correct. Anybody got one of those in your life? A corrector? Okay, you're responding like you were here at 830. Does anybody have a corrector in your life? Dear God, what's wrong with y'all? we're just gonna rewind the tape and start over everybody's got a correct does anybody have a corrector in their life yeah yeah you're just ready to go home now you're like okay just say yes just to get him happy okay what I mean by that is we all have that guy we work with that's a corrector we all have a family member that their calling in life is to correct you your shoes untied I know well tie it I don't want to Well, you're going to trip. They're a corrector. You got parsley in your teeth. I know. Well, fix it. I think it's cool. (laughs) They're a corrector. You, You mispronounced that word. I know. It was my sophomore year of high school. My mother is in this service and she's about to fall out in the aisle laughing because she knows this story. Now my wife knows it and my children know it. And my 13-year-old calls me out on it all the time. So I'm fixing to give all of you some ammunition against your pastor. I was in my sophomore year in the, in the chemistry class. And, 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 and Mr. Robertson said, Mr. Brandon, uh-huh, since you're so lively today and would love to talk, why don't you read off of page 124? okay. Well, I'm just not the strongest of public readers, so I began to read and I came across the word chaos. <laughs> chaos, also known as chaos. And I had a corrector next to me. Chaos. I said, "Mm, I know it. I'm feeling it right now. I'm reading in front of all these people. No, no. It was the word chaos. Oh. We all have a corrector. But if you're going to light up darkness, you're never going to be successful reaching people with Jesus based on your ability to correct. It's all about connecting. And Paul masters it. Everybody wants to sing Paul's praises for two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul, before he ever was that cool, Paul just got it. He got people. And Paul says, right here in the scripture, he he connects to the point where where he's in verses 22 through 23. Notice the wisdom. Paul says, hey everybody, I, I noticed that you guys are really religious. Now, Here we are, August 11th, 2019, and we we might think, well, he, he was being a little sarcastic. No, he wasn't being sarcastic at all. He was connecting. He wanted them to understand he recognizes the fact that they believe. They just don't know what they believe. See, I, I just, I'm just going to bring you into my world. I grew up in a church culture that I was pretty much trained up, man. I was trained up. I was trained up to be a, I, I was trained up to debate. I was trained up to argue. I was trained up to bring, to bring truth. The problem was it wasn't to the lost. It was to the other churches. I'm a product, man. I was like brought up. You need to, you need to be In the distinctions that you have with the other churches. And Paul gets it, he doesn't want to spotlight. Everything that they're different in, he spots like that which they connected with. And he says, I see, I see that you guys are pretty religious. I saw all those shrines and I saw that. And he's not, he's not taking a shot at them and stabbing at them. He's recognizing that they have a want to, they have a desire to, to believe And some of us in this room, we need to get this. Yesterday, I held in my arms a three-day-year-old, drop-dead gorgeous little girl named Allie. And you need to remember this truth. Every baby around the globe that takes his or her first breath, upon their existence, at conception, God created all humanity with a measure of faith to believe. It's our job to help steer the direction of the belief. They've got the capacity to believe. It doesn't matter how how rotten your neighbor is. I don't need to hear your whiny stories about how far gone your boss is and how how awful your, your cousin is. That person has the ability to believe your job, my job, our role is to bring the light to that darkness and Paul says, I see you, you're very religious. And that, that's, that's neat. I saw that one shrine and that other shrine. And by the way, I, I wanted to share something with you. Watch this, you ready? I wanted to share this with you. There's one altar that you say is given to the unknown God. And, and I want to share with you who that is. Well, all of a sudden, these guys are not against Paul. They're, he's got a captive audience of who? Of, of some folks that have a want to, to believe. And they have already recognized that there's a God that they don't fully get. They just think he's existing, but they're not quite sure how and who and, and, and where he shows up. They're, they're kind of clueless. And Paul says, I want to put a little light on that. And then Paul. Whoa. Some of the best scripture you'll ever read. Paul hammers down in verses 24 through 31. Paul connects. And now he explains. And I'm going I'm to speed up here for you. This is what he explains. And you're, I'm going to read. And I will not mispronounce chaos. But I'm going to read to you. And you're going to hear these three things. Paul explains more about God and Paul explains more about us, humanity, and then Paul explains sin and the coming judgment. He explains the gospel to a room full of people that want to believe, they just don't know what to believe. And that's what your job is. Watch this. Paul says, now about this unknown God, verse 24, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. I know you have said he's the unknown, but let me tell you who he is. He made the world and everything in it. And since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. This this unknown God to you from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth and he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and he determined their boundaries. This this unknown God that you're not sure who he is, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him though he is not far from any of us for in it's in him that we live and move and exist the king james says it's in him that we have our very being and as some of your own poets do you notice that? He's connecting again. He's trying to give validity to, to what, what some of their own, uh, their own friends and poets believe. He says, as your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Let me tell you about us. We're his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol that's designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. And by the way, God overlooked Everyone, uh, God God, God overlooked uh, people's ignorance about those things in earlier times. But now, now, now that we've seen his death, burial, and resurrection, now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed And he approved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. And what we have, ladies and gentlemen, right here in in Scripture is Paul saying, I'm going to tell you who who you're feeling after. I'm going to tell you what you really are longing for but yet to have received. His name is Jesus. And what will you do with him? He is alive. He forgives sin. And there will be a day in judgment. Where those that have placed their faith. Their saving faith in his gift of salvation. They will have their eternal reward. And the same for those that choose to ignore. So I give you some mad props. For believing And having a desire to to believe in something great. But I want you to know that altar to the unknown God. You can actually know him. Because he's close. He's near you. And he loves you. Paul connected. And then he explained. He explained God. He explained humanity. And he explained the separation that sin causes between the two. Now, my last piece of this sermon today is to, again, prep you. I want to get you ready. I want you to understand from Paul, as I teach you from from Paul's account in Acts 17, what to expect. When When you flip the light on in dark hearts, what can you expect you can expect the same thing that Paul experienced, and you can expect the same thing that I experienced daily. And number one, the Bible says in, in Acts 17, verses 32 through 34, the first thing we see is after they heard Paul speak about the resurrection, some laughed. There'll always be those that mock the gospel of Jesus Christ, Now, why would I put emphasis on that? I emphasize that to lean into you and to help you understand what you can't afford to do. You can't afford to be offended by those that mock what you believe. Or you will respond defensively and you will put out whatever light you are shining you got to understand, your job is to not, I, I, I hope I'm helping somebody. Your job is not to argue somebody into salvation. You won't believe the conversations I have with people. Pastor Tommy, what do I need to tell them whenever they tell me this and they tell me that? Help me out on that there because uh, I, I just want to punch him, but I know I can I need something to tell him. I just need to hit him hard with something. I'm like, you, you you need to buy him a sandwich. No, 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 no. What to what, what to shove it in his ear? No. It's your kindness to their defense that's gonna light up their darkness. A problem with a lot of us, though, when somebody rejects the Jesus that we're sharing, we we, we, we slide into idolatry and we think they're rejecting us. I, y'all got so hung up on that hot little Latina right there. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I know she's cute, but she's spoken for. She belongeth to me. I'm going to rewind that and I'm going to say it once more. When people reject the Jesus you're sharing, you actually take an idol-type position and you think they're rejecting you. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the truth. And the only way to properly handle that mockery is to keep loving I shared last Sunday, and I won't go back through the whole thing. But I shared with you last Sunday. I had several years with a pretty hateful neighbor, and I've got enough of my daddy in me, buddy. I wanted to catch him at a weak point, A weak point, and I just wanted. To, I just wanted to have my. I just wanted to whip him. He was bigger than me, but I, I, I'm a little wiry. I can find something down deep when it's pushed. You know what I'm saying? I was feeling kind of jumpy. But then I had enough of my mama in me and the Holy Ghost that I just kept biting my tongue and being halfway nice. And over time. Second thing, Paul says some mocked. But then there were others that had this response. You know what their response was? They didn't, they didn't reject. They said, This sounds great, but we need to we need to circle back maybe later let's talk about it when it's more convenient they procrastinated there will always be those that will mock you in your faith and there will always be those that say not not now and you have the option well if it ain't today it's never you missed out enjoy hell don't mess it up because of this reason every day every day that God wakes them up is another day in grace that they can have a life transformation with Jesus if you're willing to shine your light. But then the final one, Acts 17 goes on to say but some believed and I want you Just start thinking. There are those that have an open mind and an open heart. God has opened up their heart and they're ready. Don't get caught in the weeds with those that mock. Don't get offended by those that just need a little bit more time. God can do something in an instant. And I share this last story with you before we worship. Many years ago at the end of Garden Acres at 35, across the street there on the west side, on that southwest corner, it wasn't a Taco Bell. There was a little used car lot there. And whenever I moved to Fort Worth in August of 1998 to serve in this church, it wasn't long thereafter that I had my eyes on this really awesome 1992 Toyota Tacoma four-wheel drive pickup because I like to stand like this and spit on occasion and I thought that would be the coolest truck so I went to buy that truck and out from the little metal building came the salesman and I guess he thought this guy his age, looking at that kind of truck, he just probably thought, I'm going to connect. I'm going to connect with him as a salesman. So he just had the worst of language. That there's a blankety-blank, blankety-blank, blank, 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 blank. I said, oh, yeah. And you need a blankety-blank, blank, blank. blank." I mean, he just wore it out. Well, he did a pretty good job because I wanted the truck. So I went in to buy it. And he said, by the way, where do you work? I'm the youth pastor across the road here. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you, the Lord is good all the time. And I got so tickled. I got so tickled. But can I just tell you something? In the heart of people, maybe not that situation being a salesman, but the person that you think is so far gone that there'll never be a change. Can I just remind you today, your family member, your son, your daughter, your parent, your loved one, your best friend, that you think the enemy has you thinking there's, they'll never have a change of their heart. Can I just tell you, maybe maybe they've mocked you. Maybe they keep putting you off and they put you off and they put you off. I just wanna remind you today, everyone needs a savior. And just like that old boy changed his tune, right? A work of Jesus in a heart can change the tune. And all of a sudden, a dark heart can be filled with light. All because of you shining.